You are listening to Rosscast. Welcome to a new episode of Russell Podcast. We're delighted to have with us today Mr. Dixon. That has been coming along so well over the past few weeks. So, Mr. Dixon, quick introduction from my side of you and then you can add kind of bits to it that I might have forgotten about you. You're one of our most praised physics teachers and one of the best departments in Russell, of course. Uh, that's, that, that already says everything about the subject, doesn't it? And that says a lot about me, in fact, as well. You're also house parent of Pelican. Now, as a spread eagle myself, uh, I must say that Pelican is the second best house in the square. I'm sure you would disagree. Um, what... what Introduce yourself. What, what, what else would you like to say about yourself? Hi, so uh, Mr Dixon, yes, we joined a year and a half ago. We joined in, in summer of 2021 and we joined as a family. My wife and I run Pelican House and we both teach full-time. I'm teaching physics here and my wife's teaching RS and philosophy. We're running Pelican together and, of course, we've got our three children who are in the school, um, Leona, Lara and Lucas, and our dog Biscuit, so it's... From the very beginning, been an all-in affair, and yeah, loving it. Wonderful, wonderful. How did we get the name for the dog? Ah, I'm sure there yes. must be a, a, a well, good the, story um, behind yeah, that. Well, biscuit is a contraction. The full name Lara came up with, which was custard cream biscuit, oh. named after her colour. Oh right, so okay. got contracted <laughs> to biscuit. Right, right. Does does he or she like biscuits? Yeah, she she or she's a Labrador, so right. essentially she likes. Absolutely any food that she can Oh, offer. right, okay, well, well that, that's a fitting name then, isn't it? Now, you're a physics teacher, uh-huh. and um, from what I've heard, you're a really good physics teacher as well, because you won an award for one of the best physics teachers or the best physics teachers in the country. Tell me about that. Yeah, so thank what, you. What um, well, for the last five years, before coming here, I, I was um, headmaster, so I wasn't teaching much physics, but I'm absolutely loving teaching physics now, um, really am. Before that, when I was teaching in a school in North London, it was a great department and um, we had a huge uh, number of pupils choosing to do it at a level. In particular, in a co-ed school context, we had a large number of girls choosing to do mm. A-level physics and uh, a significant percentage of those going on to Oxford or Cambridge for physics-related oh, wow. degrees. And that got noticed over a few years mm-hmm. and, in fact, the department got congratulated and the school was... Uh, asked to nominate one person of the team to receive the award for Physics Teacher of the Year. So in 2016, that was what I was put forward for, in particular for um, getting large numbers to do physics-based degrees. Well, I'm congratulating you a couple of years late, but that's obviously obviously a fantastic achievement. We're so so happy to have you in Russell now. Thank you. Thank Um, you. It was a very proud day. Um, I, yeah. I can imagine, I can imagine. And I actually didn't know that you were headmaster before. Oh, okay. I, I was not aware of that at all. So already, <laughs> for those of you joining into the podcast a bit late in the game, really, uh, news that come out that you've not heard before, only on Russell School Podcast, like Mr. Dixon's history as a headmaster. <laughs> so then, um, another little segment that I'd like to, to move on to is um, anything you're passionate about, I'm going to presume it has to do with physics, mm-hmm. um, Anything you're passionate about, anything at all, teach it to me in about two minutes and then quiz me on it. Okay, gosh, that's an interesting challenge. Think, think of something, can be anything. Can that's be an interesting challenge. Well, uh, yeah, one of the things I absolutely love 
um, which I don't think we've ever talked about, but what I love is the characteristic of time in physics. Right. I think Einstein's work on time was really fascinating, the fact that time can be fluid mm-hmm. and that something we take for granted as seemingly being a constant isn't in the universe. Mm-hmm. So um, you probably have met this idea, Kai, that if particles are travelling incredibly quickly and close to the speed of light, time seems to slow down for them. I don't know yeah. if you've studied that yet. We, we haven't done so, but I've came across it in wide reading. Okay, so, yeah. Okay. so that's the theory. As you, if you get above 95% towards the speed of light, time seems to slow down. So one of the great experimental observations of this is in the upper atmosphere of the Earth, we get cosmic radiation and we get unstable particles produced, muons, in the upper atmosphere. And they've got an incredibly short half-life, so short that we shouldn't ever detect them on the surface of the Earth. But we do. In fact, we detect significant numbers at the surface of the Earth, yeah. but they should have decayed long before they got there to not be noticeable. So what's going on there? What do you think is causing us well, to detect unstable particles which we shouldn't detect? Half-life is obviously in the name, it's it's dependent on time, isn't it? It's a time-dependent variable. So if uh, time slows down as you're approaching the speed of light, 95% we've, we've, we've mentioned, so I'm presuming that as those uh, particles move through the atmosphere, even though they're moving through the atmosphere, they're probably still travelling at a speed that's close to the speed of light. Now, has time slowed down fast and, uh, uh, to an extent great enough that uh, actually their half-life then obviously takes that on as well, so they decay as a, at a rate that's much less than what it would be if they were at standstill or at a slower speed, and therefore we can actually detect them on Earth. That's that right. right, that's exactly right. Muon decay in the atmosphere is a great example of time slowing down. Yes, yeah, so it's almost proof for it, isn't it? Because otherwise it would be a paradox, and then Absolutely. this is kind of the result. And another fact that's linked to this is where you are in a gravitational field affects how quick or slow time is. And this is how GPS satellites work. The frequency of the pulses varies because mm. of where the satellites are in different positions around the Earth. So we use the relativity effect all the time when we use yeah. GPS. Yeah, I think it's it's when when you when you deal with anything on on this grand scheme of like the, a planetary uh, scale or the scale of the solar system or even bigger, you obviously then have to take into account all those things that we oftentimes oftentimes ignore in physics when we deal with our made up problems and tests and and questions or whatever. Where we say, oh, you know, just take that to be perfectly round, take the Earth to have a uniform field or whatever. Then actually. Uh, if you if you deal with it in real life and you deal with it on this big scale, you actually can't just say that it's round. You can't just say that it's a uniform field. So you've got all sorts of funny things happening. No, it's um, great, but it's 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 yeah, it's fascinating. But the devil is in the details. So yeah. What I think is amazing is that this tiny effect is the key to how GPS satellites work. Yeah. You wouldn't think something that sounds like science fiction would have such an enormously useful consequence like GPS. Yeah. And that's the beautiful systems. thing about physics, isn't it? Because with physics, obviously, uh, you can tell I'm, I'm a big fan of physics myself. Um, <laughs> uh, in fact, so much so that I'm hopefully going to study physics in the future. Uh, I think the great thing about physics is that in contrast to maybe some, some other uh, areas of academic study that you might be able to pursue, physics indefinitely has an effect on our life today and uh, so many of the things that we're able to do today 
are down to science and quite frankly oftentimes down to physics and not just that the positive the, the positive things that we get from physics also uh, the fact that we can just explain the world around us i think that's even more fascinating i think when you kind of you're out on the road or you're out on the streets and uh, everywhere around you you've got physics happening right there you know you know uh, that car is standing at a slope right the rotors at a slope um, and the car is, is, is standing there on a standstill, right? So, you know, well, the coefficient of friction is great enough for that car's weight force in the incline of the angle uh, uh, to be equal to that or greater than that. So, so it's staying there, and, you know, when, once you've studied those things, you're walking through the season, you're like, oh, that's why it actually happens, you know? Before you walk in, you're like, well, you know, it's just how it works, isn't it? And you can actually explain the itty-bitty details in it and how it actually works. I agree with you. And Richard Feynman, who's probably my physics hero, explained this really well. His suggestion was that nature is more exciting and more beautiful the more we understand it. So I stars, 100% agree with Stars this. are amazing, but they're even more amazing when you think about fusion and how that works. So the, course, be- the beauty yeah. gets magnified, not diminished by I think on, on, on the idea of stars, for example, one of the big wow things, one of, one of the many big wow moments that I personally had in my experience of studying physics is um, in, in, in the area of kind of uh, astrophysics and astronomy, is when, when I had that realisation some years ago that actually everything, or mo- well, without apart from the sun, everything you see out there on, on the night sky, all of those stars are actually an image from the past yeah. because they're so far away that even with the tremendous speed of light, three times 10 to the eight, it still takes so long for that light to reach us, for those photons to reach us, that by the time that we see them in the night, some of them might already not be there anymore today. And, and some of them might, might have, you know, been so far through the stellar cycle that if we actually looked at them, uh, stellar evolutionary cycle, that if we looked at them today, they'd look so different to what they actually look like in the night sky to what they'd look like if you'd be right in front of them today. So I think to, to wrap your head around that, that you're looking back at time when you look into the sky, I think just that absolutely fascinating oh it's amazing it's really it's really amazing and really 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 fascinating and beautiful that yeah. idea and, and yeah i, I, I yeah. like to think about this i like to think about this when 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 you look out into the sunset or into the sunrise if you look at the average distance between earth and sun uh and then you multiply it through with the speed of light um you realize that actually when the sun is setting on earth it's already set eight minutes ago yeah yeah it's yeah. just that the that the light that we're receiving was emitted on the sun's surface, on the sun's corona, eight minutes ago. So really, when we're seeing our sunset, it's already happened. Yeah, yeah. And in the same way, when we see the sunrise, really, the second we see the sunrise, it's actually already risen sure. for eight minutes, if, sure, if you sure. get what I mean. So just kind of getting into those ideas, I think, absolutely fascinating. No, it's brilliant. Oh, I agree with you. We're yeah. glad to hear that. And there's so so many of those examples, and, and like like what you just explained there, yeah. Uh, so for those of you who are, who are not the greatest fans of physics, and I'm sure there are sadly plenty of you out there, um, I, I can I can assure you that we won't just talk about physics for for the rest of this podcast. In fact, <laughs> I am going to ask you about uh, if you we've, we've touched on it briefly before about uh, your experience as a house parent. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if you in your school before or in schools that you've worked at previously. Um, there was boarding facilities, or if you've boarded as a as a child yourself, uh, how 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 is yeah, all of that so I really, boarding boarding life treating yeah, you? Yeah, I, 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 we we 
really enjoy Pelican House. We think Pelican House, we think boarding is really great full stop, but I particularly like uh, the boarding here at Rossall. What, what I think is um, just amazing about Pelican House, I think it's true of all the houses really here, is what just a fantastic mix of pupils we have. Definitely, Pelican, yeah. we have a, a huge mix of countries without sort of, you know, too much of a concentration from any one country really. So that means everyone just mixes really well. We also have a huge range of interests. We've got lots that are here principally for the sport, mm. some that are here for music, some that are here for academics, but they all get on really well. They're united by being Pelicans. And what, what I think is amazing in Pelican House is just how well they all mix. I particularly like the fact that 14-year-olds mix well with the 17-year-olds and it just really feels like a family. We did run a house before, so we ran a boarding house in Bristol um, when my children, well, my eldest was two years old then when we ran that house. That was a long time ago. So I think now, given that um, we've got three children of our own, I think we're particularly enjoying the fact that Pelican House feels like a family house. Mm. It, it really does feel like an extended family. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's lots of fun. I'm really enjoying getting to know all the pelicans, what their interests are. But I take real pleasure in seeing the mix in the, in the common room areas and get on well, whether it's a film or watching a football match or playing a board game. It, it's just great fun. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's, it's fantastic to hear that uh, the same that is true for SE because I'm obviously an SE boarder so, so I know that everything you've said is also true for SE so I'm really glad to hear that the, the same kind of boarding experience and the same, the same great things that come from boarding are true across so many different houses and, and uh, obviously we've got plenty of different houses and some of them have got their own little or all of them have got their own little quirks and uh, some do things slightly differently than others and, and that's all good and great but I think well, what's, what's great to see uh, about that right now is that although each house is different in their own regard in those core principles those, those kind of mixing of all different nationalities and all different interests and um, you know uh, kind of getting along as one extended family and that, that, that phrase is used so often in regards to this I think that's fantastic to see and I've now been here for like five six years as a boarder and very truly I know a lot of people who've been here for like a term they say oh this is like family but then if you've actually been here for a couple of years I think that's when you really start to realize that it is genuinely like family. yeah I can, I can really it's see not just that. an empty yeah. phrase it's like you've lived here for so long it is a real family and I'm seeing that and now but it's a year and a half on in Pelican yeah. we're seeing that the other thing I really like Karen I'm sure this is true in SC as well but I see lots of friendships made between boarders in Pelican who don't really have natural connection points you know one might be really into music and then one's really into sports but actually, they get on really well together. Uh, I really love seeing friendships mm. across the divide of interests. Definitely, definitely. It just seems to happen in boarding because people are spending time together. Yeah. And if it was a day school, I actually don't think these rich friendships would happen to the mm. same degree. When I was a day pupil, um, I was tending to mix around with people who had similar interests as myself. So mm. my friendship group felt a bit like an echo chamber. Whereas yeah. in Pelican, we're seeing friendship groups made with a real mix of interest backgrounds. And, 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 and it's, think, that's really fantastic. Yeah, and, and the key there, I think, is really the internationality. We've got, yeah. like, what, 57 nationalities this year, Ren, I think, uh, across the school. And the majority of those people, the majority of all those internationals will come through boarding. Obviously, some, some will come through their students, but the majority will be in boarding. So now over my time in Russell, I can say that 
I've got social contacts and connections all around the globe. Uh, I, I could pick up my phone and, and call people who live on, you know, all parts of the world and in all sorts of different countries. And uh, I've got connections all around there. And I've got uh, some, some things that are maybe more just people I would know and some that are actual true friendships that will hopefully last you know, for, for a lifetime. Well, that, that is amazing. I mean, that, that's a real gift you've been given there because not only have you got the friendships, but I, I think in, in a very deep way, you've got a cultural awareness yeah. across the globe as well. So You're getting along with people and that's such a valuable skill to really have great. To, to be able to, to get along with people uh, despite maybe cultural differences, etc. It's really um, good. It and teaches we... you so much uh, about really just, I guess... Definitely. Life in general, really. Definitely. And last year, we really enjoyed that. So as a house, we celebrated Chinese New Year and the whole house celebrated. And also as a house, we um, we, we took over Mondo's to sort of do a carnival night. Yeah, And exactly. that was great fun. Yeah. Really good fun. No, I think yeah. that's fantastic. And in, in, in the past, those events have happened uh, over and over again. Like, I remember when I was in year nine, uh, again in Mondo's, there was something called the German Night, where all the Germans of the school... Uh, kind of came together and uh, celebrated German culture and then Chinese New Year has always been a thing uh, because it's just such an important event in the Chinese calendar um, and then there are so many more kind of cultural events that we ought yeah. to be celebrating yeah. and obviously we, we can never do all of them because we'd be celebrating every day uh, <laughs> but I think definitely the main one's covering them and it teaches you even if you're not actually celebrating it yourself you get to kind of put your head into that culture for like a day or so or Absolutely. a couple of hours and you can learn from each other in that way, and I think that's fantastic. No, I agree. Really, really great. Um, now, we've talked about boarding a lot. Um, Russell as a whole, maybe more from, from maybe the teaching kind of view. Uh-huh. How, how have you, as someone who's quite recently joined the school only a year and a half ago, how have you found Russell uh, joining right after COVID and, and kind of now seeing everything... Uh, uh, glow up again after COVID. I'm tremendously enjoying teaching physics at Russell, actually. And um, what, what I particularly like, and I've taught in a range of different schools, but I think this is probably my favourite school to teaching thus far. And I think the reason is, again, the diversity. So I have taught in you know incredibly academically selective schools. But what I'm really enjoying is the mix of pupils at Russell. I'm really liking that. So last year I was teaching a a couple of girls to GCSE who were in the Man City setup for footballers. But, um, you know, despite being so busy and so intensely training for that, they really cared about getting a great GCSE in physics. So it was really good and a real privilege to help them do as well as they can even though they had that on their plate yeah. and I, I actually find that in Russell that the pupils here sort of do lots of things but they also want to do well and, yeah. and, and, and I'm really liking the mix and of it's, that it's quite the priorities, sometimes well, yeah, well, yeah. priorities <laughs> vary so some weeks someone's really busy with the school play or with their sport yeah and, um, but actually they still want to do well even amongst all of that, and that, 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 as a teacher, yeah. that's very rewarding. That's what really sets us apart from other places that also provide that education, is all the things that we offer besides, we've talked about boarding loads, um, but, but also besides boarding, uh, you've, you've just mentioned the school play, music, sports we've mentioned before, uh, all of that huge diversity of different things that we offer uh, on the side that keep people very busy, and it's oftentimes, I, I, I see it myself, quite the balancing act between 
your your actual schoolwork on your one side and then all the other things that you can get involved in and you must you you, you ought to be very kind of picky in the end of what you're actually going to go through with because you can't possibly do everything sure sure with, with all the stuff that we're offering it's not it's not possible that you can actually do everything but try try all sorts of different things and then stick with a couple that you're really passionate about that you can manage to an extent besides your, your studies and besides your sport and then that's really what Ross is all about and um, now I'm going to ask you one more question that's kind of related to this um, when anybody who's ever gotten an email from Miss Dixon will see that at the bottom of the email on the bottom of your email it says a little currently reading section. <laughs> now, now, talk to me about your love of literature, more specifically physics literature. Ah, well, I, I actually I haven't read a f- good physics book for a long time. I must pick up another one. I've rather moved away from reading physics in my spare time and, and sort of reading fiction. But um, yeah, I love reading, really love reading. And you were teasing me just before we started this interview, Kai, on the fact that my currently reading book, which is O. William by <laughs> Elizabeth Strout, it's only 200 pages long. But it's been on there for six weeks, hasn't it? Yes, I, I when remember. When am I going to finish it? That's... I remember emailing you at the end of the <laughs> summer break, and, and I was like, oh, oh, that's a new book up there on the currently reading section. And uh, now, just, just emailing you about this podcast the other day, it is still the same book. I know, to so... my shame. I know, I'll only to finish it. I'm actually. Kindle says I'm 86% of the way through it, so I can't be far away. Oh, but well, um, I love reading. And I, what I, I think I love reading because it's escapism, but I love reading because it makes me think. But in the last five or six years, I particularly enjoyed reading because it's made me feel. So I'm particularly choosing books that challenge me to have an emotional response to, and I'm really getting a lot from that. Um, the, the book I read, I suppose, got me to really think about this, is We Need to Talk About Kevin. Um, I read it about five years ago. And in the preface, it has a quote from Franz Kafka, which says, books should be like ice picks that break open our seas of emotion within that. And I found that to be true. I'm reading books which I'm having a personal response to. They make me sad or they make me happy or they make me think. And actually, they make me feel alive. And I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. So I've moved away from non-fiction because at the moment I'm enjoying reading in a way that gives me an emotional response, not an intellectual response. But um, I mean, I just like reading anything, really. No, I think think personally, I do enjoy reading quite a lot. I'm, I guess, more on the non-fiction side of things. Uh-huh. Uh, studying English literature and, and German literature at IB, obviously, I do read loads of uh, non-fiction as well. Uh, sorry, not loads of fiction as well. Uh, and that's all great and fun. I do, I do enjoy analysing them. I don't so much care for the actual story of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the analytical side of, kind of analysing our literature I find quite enjoyable, actually. Um, because, you know... When, whether you're logically analysing kind of physics problem or maths problem or whether you're logically analysing literature, it's analysis and that's what's fun, isn't it? Uh, so I don't really care too much for the story side of things. Uh, I think my, my ideal book would more be uh, the kind of physics-y side of books. Uh-huh. Loads of loads of the reading I've done in preparation for, for my uh, Oxbridge application and, and personal statement and stuff, that's obviously all in physics books and Feynman lectures, uh, probably one of my favourites and um, no I do I do agree with that though like in the end it's about provoking some sort of thought it through that literature and whether that's on the emotional level or whether that's on the deeply intellectual level uh, when you're reading a science kind of popular science book 
uh, I think in a way it both of them achieve an effect and, and reading for fun I, I do enjoy just reading a, a fantasy book or a Star Wars or science fiction book just for a bit of fun I think there's got to be a place for fun as well absolutely. in reading absolutely well, and, and with that, with that lovely uh, final stand, final kind of uh, uh, verdict of uh, everything being a lot of fun. No, we we we, <laughs> we we don't want that to be the final verdict. No, everything is about a combination of fun and learning. I think that's what we've established. The the, the right little balance between your academics and all your extracurriculars, and uh, your right little balance in your reading between your fiction and your non-fiction. Uh, with that lovely conclusion. Uh, Thank you so, so much for having been on uh, Russell Podcast. We'd love to have you back one day. Once we've been through everybody that we've got on our long list of interviews, I think a second part with Mr. Dixon is definitely going on there as well, uh, continuing our discussion on uh, all the lovely thoughts that physics can provide us and questions that physics can answer. Thank you, Kai. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you very Thank you much. so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to... Rosscast.